to meet someone in the city that snowboards and surfs and enjoys the outdoors. That was the tick list for me. So then things just escalated with the vision that we want to move up towards Byron and have a family and live up there. And the reality hits pretty hard. We got really scared and we were thinking, well, if we move up there and we start stressing about not having enough work or money, I don't want to have a stressful life about money. So we put plan B into place and we managed to buy a house on the northern beaches, which it's a lot more relaxed, but you can still get to the city for work. That was our goal. We're like, okay, we've got the house. Let's renovate this to the point where we can rent it out and leave Sydney. So Lachlan and I go way back to the days when we used to sleep on glaciers in the backs of cars on top of mountains, traveling with snowboards under our arms. And so this episode's been really fun for us to do because that's really the best part of parenthood is sharing it with your friends, even if your friends are halfway around the world knowing that you're going through the same things together and even though the nuances of your lives might be a little bit different and you're no longer able to do the same things that you were in the past, you can share in these new adventures together. And so this episode, I really wanted to highlight Lachlan and Tara because I know that they have made these mega transitions from what life was like before kids to what life's like today. Lachlan and Tara talked to us about taking on a huge mortgage just outside of Sydney, Australia. Lachlan renovating the apartments, having never done that before. Tara still, you know, going to work super early in the morning, coming home late at night as a lawyer in the city. You know, Lachlan trying to balance a career as a videographer, but also doing a full-time renovation and then throwing kids in the middle of it and how challenging and stressful all of these things can be, especially when you have the financial pressures of taking on a serious asset that you can kind of just afford. But Lachlan and Tara, they put it really well. They talk about how they're happily trapped in this lifestyle and and they've chosen this because it's easier for them to live here and work less and make more money than it would be for them to move somewhere else and have to work harder for less money. So I think a lot of people inside of cities feel that way and it's a smart move, especially when you're raising kids at a young age and knowing the demands of that. Enjoy the show. Hello. Hey, Colin. Hey, Lachlan. Hi, Colin. Hey, Tara. How you going, Matt? I'm going great. Parked on the side of the highway in beautiful Colorado, watching the snow melt turn into ice-cold streams to swim in. Thank you for setting a time. Yeah, this is cool. It's a cool project that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you got the chance to listen to a couple of episodes. I'm getting through the second one. I was like, stay-at-home dad who's like, growing all this food and it's like ah oh, man i wish i could take that option right now yeah tara just got a new job so i was like oh can i stay at home please <laughs> congratulations on the new job that's really exciting and it's really nice to feel engaged again in, in what i'm doing after sort of being a mum for the last almost two years and for that being pregnant and and you just sort of take time out from your career and yeah, it's really lovely to just sort of have a renewed sense of hope and, and satisfaction at work. That's great. Um, yeah, be a mum and be a worker. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's super demanding being a lawyer in general. It's just expected as part of the career you're doing overtime. It is. Look, and it's hard to work your way up and get the best work and and be the best that you can professionally and and give it your most uh, when you've got these competing priorities at home and everybody finds different ways to make it work. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Uh, Cool. You know, sounds like you guys have a good sense of what the podcast is all about. But, you know, if we could start back then as to, you know, the transition back to living in a city and and what that was like and, you know, kind of how you guys met. And then as life sort of evolved when you started having kids, what sacrifices you had to make to get where you are today. Okay, so it's a flashback in time. We had a pretty good life, Colin, back in Wanaka, snowboarding all the time. But uh, the time came to make a change and take life a bit more seriously for me. So I moved back to Sydney to pursue filmmaking and photography and enrolled in some business courses and started living in the centre of Sydney. And shortly after that, I met Tara and to meet someone in the city that snowboards and surfs and enjoys the outdoors that was the tick list for me so soon we were dating and we got pretty serious and we moved to bondi together to live closer to the beach so that we could work surf and have that kind of life balance in sydney which is pretty good to have that in a working city environment to have the beach right on your doorstep so then things just escalated we got really serious we decided to start planning our life together and before we knew it we had put our resources together and bought a house up on the northeast coast of Australia and with the vision that we want to move up towards Byron and have a family and live up there. So it was a very early stage plan where we we were in love. Um, Let's move to Byron, have some kids and surf all day. It's going to be great. Like that's what we want to be doing. Awesome. And we bought the house and the reality hits pretty hard. We, We were able to rent it out quite quickly. So Financially, it wasn't really affecting us too much. And we were back in Sydney, like dreaming of this life that we want that was so far away. And all we had to do to have that was leave Sydney to go move up north. But we had this big fear of if we leave Sydney, what will our job opportunities be like? And is that what we want to be doing now, taking a hit on our careers at this stage in our life? To have that lifestyle that we want and we got really scared and we were thinking well if we move up there and we start stressing about not having enough work or money i don't want to have a stressful life about money whereas in sydney we're able to earn and live a life without that money stress and from being a poor ski bum for a good 10 12 years it was quite nice to not have that financial stress anymore so we freaked out and we're like, well, what are we going to do? If we move up there, what happens if that doesn't work out and we have to come back to Sydney? So we put plan B into place and that was let's secure a place in Sydney and have that rentable so that we can leave Sydney and have an asset in Sydney to come back to later if we need to. Up off doesn't work. And that's quite a big step. Sydney house prices are quite large. And we definitely couldn't afford it. And we're putting everything on the line to achieve that. And we begged, borrowed and stealed from our parents and whoever could help us. And we managed to buy a house on the northern beaches, which is like a different city in Sydney. Um, It's a lot more relaxed. It's a beach style lifestyle, but you can still get to the city for work. So we found this as a compromise and a way to take us out of living in the urban city. In Bondi, it's quite busy, a lot of 
high income earners, a lot of people just throwing cash around. We felt that didn't work for us in Sydney. We needed the change. So Northern Beaches was it. We found a house that needed a lot of work, which meant we could afford to buy it and other people didn't want to buy it because there was too much work to finish the house off. And we dived in and started renovating. And that was our goal. We're like, okay, we've got the house in Sydney. Let's renovate this to the point where we can rent it out and leave Sydney. Let me jump in there, Lachlan. So now you guys are like two, three years into your relationship and now you have two houses, is that right? At this stage of the story, yeah, three years into our relationship, two houses. So Yeah, you guys move quick. And any children yet? At that stage, no. So we moved into the house and we're like, let's start renovating. And we put everything on the line. I didn't work for a few months and we started ripping it apart and building everything. Wait, let me stop you there. I remember you have a tendency to move quite quickly. You're you're covering a lot of ground here, but I mean, you're quite a handy guy, but had you ever done a proper house renovation before? Electrical, plumbing, drywall? Yeah, no. So I've never been afraid of a challenge to build something and through, I guess, my university degree, Bachelor of Visual Arts, I've always been involved with tools, making things. But when it came to building a house, no. And I wasn't afraid of what needed to be done. I just knew it would take time. And we gave ourselves six weeks. (laughs) I thought you were going to say six months. (laughs) That was for upstairs and for downstairs. And um, it actually took us... About six months to do upstairs, and we're still going on downstairs over two years later. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we moved in. It sounds like me, Locker. I always tell that to self. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll take a day or that'll take an hour, and it's usually like a month. Yeah, exactly. And then when you throw kids in the mix, it gets a bit more complicated. So, we were probably two months into the renovations. We were living in a tent in the backyard because we were doing a lot of the floor sanding and dust was going everywhere. Hold on, Tara, is this what you expected for? your second home you'd be living in a tent in the backyard (laughs) it was an adventure at first in fact lock um in a quite romantically kitted the tent out with a a rug on the floor and the bedside (laughs) tables and there was an extension cord with a lamp and you know so it was we had power it was all quite comfortable so i would get up in the morning and put on my suit and go to my corporate job and come back to my tent and and no one in the office could quite believe it i think they thought that i was joking but it came to a bit of an abrupt halt after we had a, a series of um really bad storms and one day we got home and the tent literally like collapsed in on itself in the back garden i think it was that stage we both looked at each other and said okay that's it we we can't live in the tent anymore so we moved into one of the bedrooms yeah so we got one of the bedrooms ready and uh, moved our mattress and our clothes rack and you know it was very minimal at this stage and it was pretty much straight away we found out tara was pregnant and we had to speed the process up but we didn't have the funds to really hire labor to help us speed that process up. So we got some advice from some building friends and kind of tried to politely say to me, you're kidding yourself. You're unrealistic. You need to set some achievable goals here. You're about to have a baby. How about forget downstairs, seal off the staircase that takes you downstairs and focus on getting upstairs livable and not perfection 
you know, just get it ready to move in so that you've got a house to live in so Tara can enjoy being pregnant because that's going to be really, really important for her. Absolutely. That's some really good advice that I wish I had known. I was going through a renovation while Sophie was, Alfonso was maybe, I guess, six months, but it was heavy duty. Very, very stressful. Yeah. And I remember we had a phone call around that time, Colin, and you were telling me how you're rewiring the house. And I was like, wow, Colin's doing the wiring. I can do the wiring too. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a naval submarine electrician on the project lead who I was learning from. Maybe I left that out of the story though, Lachlan. Anyway, so yeah, back to that question about skills. No, I didn't have any building skills. And the difficult stuff is rope learning, really. Like YouTube, find a relevant link, watch a little tutorial and go for it. And it's pretty basic. It's it's like, well, we grew up with Lego and Lego turns into Meccano. It's kind of like Meccano on steroids. It's quite rewarding. You know, in this process, I had to go back to work and Tara's getting close to having Jack. The day is kind of set and all the plans are happening and the house is still not livable upstairs. And, and there's tools everywhere. Tools you everywhere. Walk in the back door, <laughs> you were tripping over sores. Um, I was at work, phone call rang, Tara said I'm in labour, come home. So I raced home and Tara was at home with her mum and I was like, all right, this is it. And we had the tiling to finish to get the electrical sockets put in on top. And I thought, well, it would be really nice to like bash this tiling up before the baby comes. And I gently said to um, Tara's mum, I was like, do you think it's a good idea if I try and finish the tiling right now? I just literally have to do the grouting. And if I finish the grouting, we can put the sockets in and we can come home to a finished kitchen. And I was expecting her to say no, to be honest. And she looked at me and she said, that's a brilliant idea. So approval from the mother-in-law. Off I went, mixing up the grout. And and we got the grouting done. And then Tara's mum politely said, I think it's time to take Tara to the hospital. So... And, and Tara, that was okay for you? Yeah, look, it added a bit of excitement. Um, Locke said at the time, oh, we should we should film this. And of course, there was no way I was going to be filmed. But it was all right. By that stage, we were really over having a house that was a work in progress. And I think we were both just so longing to have have it done before Jack came. That was almost two years ago. And here we are. We're in the house. We've started working on downstairs. What slowed us down was you need to spend time as a family and that becomes the most important thing. And you want to. So being aware of that is something we've been really conscious about is, all right, we're here in this house. We want it finished, but it's not going to happen overnight. How can we keep the work going on the place, but keep our family in check? You know, we have to work. We have to look after Jack. We're building the house maybe if we're lucky one of us gets to go surfing and then it's the next week and the same routine kicks in and that's quite a shock you know you look back and you go okay we used to go surfing we used to go snowboarding we used to do all these things whenever we really wanted to and those things I guess are what I thought family life would be like but for us we're trapped but happily trapped in this situation 
Yeah, I think, you know, when I was thinking about the call today and thinking about the life that you've set up, I mean, we have these three-month, six-month check-ins, so we keep up to date with each other. But I think, you know, I've gotten a little bit more detail on your story so far. I mean, just the fact that you were willing to live in a tent while you bought the house, or you were willing to grout the kitchen while your firstborn child was, you know, you're willing to take on the pain and suffering in the present for a more viable future, happy future. And I think, you know, a lot of people out there, myself included, you know, the past five years, I felt the same thing. I was like, you know, I know I have to do this now. This hurts. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. But I know if I do this, I can have a different life in a few years. And to me, it sounds like you guys are certainly on that path and you know it and you're happy with it. Yeah, exactly. And the dream is still there to move up north we can't wait we're really looking forward to it my brother lives up there he's just had a baby so he's going through this whole journey and so it'd be quite a nice experience to get up there but also here right now what we've learned is also the things that make us happy today are the real small simple things it's a really nice sense of community that we've found in this suburb in sydney and we're close to the beach so we don't have to drive far to have that but even like adventure for jack just being in the backyard climbing a rock is like jack's version of summiting everest and that's something i didn't think you could have in sydney would you say since you've had kids you've got to re-experience your place in through their own eyes yeah exactly like you're limited we planned this weekend and the night before we were leaving, Jack fell sick and got coop, which is like big cough. And we looked at each other and we're like, we so wanted this trip to work. And at the end of the day, we had to just pull the pin and stay at home for a holiday period. And, you know, that was disappointing. It was like, oh, man, like I really just wanted to experience that. And was that a, uh, I mean... You were quite a globetrotter. I mean, I've spent nights on glaciers with Lachlan. We've spent, traveled overseas together. We've found ourselves in the bottom of valleys and, you know, with the darkness coming and had to climb, you know, thousands of feet to get out. So when you take that lifestyle, that sort of addiction to adrenaline, and all of a sudden it's not there anymore and you you become a father you become a parent you get into debt you're locked into a house it seems like you you transition well but were there moments of doubt of fear of you know anger where you're like man what happened why did i do this or did you find yourself realizing like okay there's a bigger purpose here like you were just talking about yeah like i do realize there's a bigger purpose but definitely usually around them when the mortgage is due i have a little hissy fit and I'll often just be screaming out really loud, like, what the hell are we doing? Like, this is so intense here. Like, this isn't, we're not living the life that we want. And what's going on? Can we just get out of the situation? I just want to run away and not be liable to this debt that kind of hangs over your head. But then you, you know, you look at your bank and work it out and you pay your mortgage. And, you know, some months you're totally fine and other months are a bit harder. And, that's the challenge. You look ahead and you look at what we're creating and ultimately it is that bigger picture. I remember the day I decided to move to Sydney really, really clearly and I knew that this is the day that I go from being a teenager. I think it's a conscious choice so ultimately I don't regret it. I didn't really expect 
to be here right now. I didn't really see it like this. I saw it a little bit differently. And that's just purely the naivety of not knowing what a family really is all about. And it's not about you. It's about the team. And it's about Tara. It's about Jack. And it's about all of us existing. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like the moments you guys have shared together, you've just seemed really happy and a really proud father. So I'm super excited for you. So, Tara, uh, we got a lot of Lachlan story there, but what was the transition like for you stepping out of full-time career to be a mom and, and in the midst of building a home and, and seeing Lachlan change a lot, your, your whole family dynamic change a lot? It's been a real beautiful experience. The whole, I think having that year of maternity leave, um, which I was very lucky enough to have, really gave me an opportunity to sort of see the world sort of afresh, I guess you could say. You know, I, I'm so consumed by office life and working long hours. And you, it sounds depressing, but I often didn't know even really what the weather was like. And it was almost like my eyes just sort of opened for the first time. And, and I got to sort of see everything through Jack's eyes and, and um, see, you know, the beauty and just like a little bee buzzing around or a butterfly and have the time to just sit there and, and watch it and really be present with the moment. All in all, I think um, it was just such an incredible journey for me having that year off and um, a real beautiful experience sort of learning to be a mom and learning a different side of myself. So you step back to work, and but you've recently taken a new position, is that right? Yeah. So look, I, I went back to work um, with the company I'd been for a long time. So they were very good to me and I, I managed to uh, negotiate three days, which was great and, and a really good balance. Being able to spend some time with Jack and then also having some time to just focus on, on me now, I think. But also at the same time, um, I'm lucky enough to work only four days, so I'll still have a little bit of time with Jack. That's amazing that you're able to transition so smoothly between your career and motherhood. I feel like other countries outside of the States have this dialed in so much better than we do. What else have you discovered in your time off from work? Something that's been really important for us living in an urban environment is just connecting, I guess, locally and uh, you know, making sure we really uh, consciously examine our decisions in terms of how we shop, how we um, obtain our food, how we, uh, what we do with our waste and so forth. And um, we've really, I, I guess, shifted everything, uh, having Jack and really um, made a lot more conscious decisions about the food we're um, eating. We now go to the, the local farmer's markets. I think, um, you know, those sort of little things, even though we are stuck in an urban environment um, and we'd much rather be up in the country, have just allowed us the chance to sort of get back to basics and really try to be a little bit more grounded and conscious in terms of our decisions. So between the structures that you've established at home and your work balance, it seems like you've created a pretty positive existence for yourselves, eh? Yeah, exactly. And I guess right now, Sydney is less stressful for us. What I mean by that is financially, it's easier for us to earn money here and having more time with the family. And right now, that's really, really important to us. So the urge to move up north has to be better than what we have here. So if we moved up there today, 
would be more stressed about money. Yeah, it makes me think about how having more structure and more routine based on what you desire, what you want those structures to be, allows you to be more successful as a young family to spend the time how you want. Totally. It really makes you think about, okay, well, what sort of person do I want to be and and how do I want to live my life? And what's even more important is how do I want to teach Jack to live his life? How do I want to model myself? And and is that going to the supermarket every week and buying sort of groceries? that have been frozen or is it um you know just chucking everything in one bin or do I want to teach him okay no everything has to be in a separate bin and we're going to go buy from the local farmer um you know at the farmer's markets and you just really I guess think about things from a completely different perspective and rather than doing it all for selfish reasons you're now doing it for a new little little life you know just because you don't live in the country it doesn't mean you have to have those decisions made for you just because you work in the city doesn't mean you can't pack your own lunch of organic goods that you bought at the farmer's market or you can't get up and go surfing in the morning just because you work in the city you know it seems like you've found that balance for you and it was a struggle but it seems to be working yeah connecting ourselves to the environment's been a real big part we're not gardeners we don't know how to garden we want to garden we want to grow our own vegetables we tried um, didn't work this time around. Um, we can grow herbs, but we've got the worm garden, and the journey with that with Jack is quite amazing. Um, we're on our first level, we're about to go up to our second level, which is exciting, and, and I think that's the stage now where we can actually do something with all that compost that the worms have been eating. I think that goes back into the garden, but you know, we're winging it. I don't know how to do it, but we're learning as we need to, and so we fit into that category where we want to do it, we're doing it. I think it's just very difficult to do it. We tried, failed. There's energy and time that goes into growing that food. And I think that's the learning process. And um, in the end, so far, it's not just been about the fail. It's the journey. <laughs> you keep that, keep that learning alive. You keep, your, keep your brain young. Yeah, it's funny. Things like that, they're little steps, but they end up saving you a lot of money. A bunch of purposes four dollars in the supermarket yeah and they as you were saying they keep you connected to nature and your your family connected to nature exactly yeah and soon it'll be jack going out to pick the herbs for dinner for sure having more money and more time for the family is definitely something i think we're all seeking that's why i can definitely see why you are staying put and grinding it out in sydney and it totally makes sense for you guys right now Before Sophie and I decided to leave the comforts and securities that home offers, I struggled to wrap my mind around it too. You know, whether I was trading in security for freedom and how that was going to affect us financially in the future. I still don't have an answer to that one, but after recording a dozen or so of these podcasts, I can see that these are all challenges that we all face and we are all facing together. And we're all seeking to create the lifestyles that best meet our own challenges. And I think that's what we're really here to talk about. And I'm glad that you're here to share this. It's exciting. When you wanted to do a story, I was like, oh, I really don't feel like I've got anything to share. I was just like, oh, I listened to yours and I was like, hell yeah, it's fucking sick. Like, so good to hear your positive energy. (laughs) Um, Hearing how you wrap up your experience has really just helped me view what we're experiencing more positively instantly and you know it's not that your life's not positive it's just that there's these moments that really do get you down and like listening to that episode of you guys introducing yourselves i thought was very very honest and real and i think that's what helped make me instantly feel ah 
we do have a little story to share. It doesn't feel epic, but in many ways it's it's a story and I think it gave me the confidence to be like, oh yeah, this is great. Cool. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that and I'm glad that you it helped you in some way, not just to be on the podcast, but just helped you to put your current life situation into perspective and be more happy with what you've got because, exactly. uh, you know, it's really easy to forget that and forget how hard you worked for what you do have, even when that mortgage bill comes up and you're cussing at the wall or you're like up until midnight working on multiple projects, trying to, you know, make enough time to get your kid to, to do that trip that, that weekend or whatever and you're just wondering is it worth it you know yeah because um there's a saying take time to smell the roses i think that's very important and when you said the trip in the van isn't about you guys visiting these key tourist destinations you've already been there you've already seen these places this journey is for us to be together as a family and enjoy that process i think that was really good and um you know, really good analogy. And it's like, yeah, that's huge, you know. Allowing time to be together is something that's really hard for a lot of families to fit into their lives and it's very important to make sure you do that. Yeah, hey man, we're we're trying our best. It's not like I'm not pulling my hair out every day and like, oh my God, are we going to be able to like make our payments this month or, you know, and still having moments with Alfonso where I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a bad parent. But, um, but it's good. You know, we're just sitting on the side of the lake that we had a redo today for Father's Day because they forgot a couple of weeks ago. And, but it's, you know, it's good. It's, we, we are living it differently. And, you know, the way that kids are these days, it's, I've learned from a lot of people on the road who, who live with their kids on the road and they were like, yeah, you know, once they turn 10, 12 years old, they don't want to spend time with you anymore. So like, spending time with them in the early years is like the best way to earn that connection that you have for a lifetime because once those years are gone they just literally don't want to spend that time with you and especially boys boys and fathers like raising boys by the time they turn 12 well it's the first five years yeah the first five years it's all about mom five to 10 12 it's all about dad and then from 12 to 18 it's all about mentors and so if you don't have mentors that you've introduced to them at by that time period they're definitely not listening to you and then if they're not listening to your friends who you've set them up with they're listening to people they look up to which i know when i was that age those weren't the best role models for me yeah i was lucky because my dad really pushed me into outdoors and just reflecting on those years for me i guess like at the age of 14 there's no way you wanted to hang out with your parents but then you needed that trust with your parents and that respect because I wanted to be going on adventures and dad would be laying me off on the weekends to go climbing with a few buddies and pack the bags and go up to the mountains. And, you know, we had that trust that we were allowed to be away unsupervised from that age. And I guess that all was earned in those early years where you've been on adventures with your parents and kind of shown you a way of living. And, you know, I wasn't always adventurous. I guess when I went to university, I was so fixated on my art studies and become an artist that I had no time for adventure. Um, and it wasn't until I'd finished studies I got back into it and you know had another reflection at the age of 24 when I was like, oh, wow, I really missed going on these epic trips and climbing mountains and visiting places. And um, yeah, I guess the, the things that you do to with your family at the young age uh, there's research, you know, that affects 
how they grow up and you know that's something that you as a parent can control and often do your best to try and achieve that and however you can do it. I think that must have been when we met Lachlan in our mid-20s, not a care in the world beyond when's the next powder day. But we had the experiences from a young age as a foundation to build on. Yeah, exactly. We know we're not giving our kids certain things that a more traditional education or childhood would have. But what we are offering them are experiences and and passports and unique locations. And we can feel good about that because Sophie and I are so confident in what those experiences taught us in our lives that we are wanted to pass that along to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll see soon what our kids turn out to be. Well, we will definitely see how these little groms turn out. I know something I've always admired in you is your ability to carve your own line while facing the pressures to conform. And I can see that you're continuing to do that today as a father, which is even more challenging. So well done, Lachlan. You know, I reflect and think like, wow, like sometimes I wish I just had a normal contract job where I knew I was earning X amount a week for a year. And then I look back and go, nah, you're not going to be happy. You know, you love the push and the challenge and the idea and the creative development and the the fight to achieve to make a dream reality that's what you live for and adventure is not just your physical connection it's also that mental connection and like yeah i think it's worth it colin i think this is what you're good at okay yeah i guess you're right it's it's just like snowboarding don't take the easiest line take the hardest line yeah you get more rewards forever the optimist lachlan i love it I think that's it for us this week, guys. Thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah. Come plan a trip to like Central America next year, or South America in two years. We'll be there. I'll write up. Take care. Love you. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you so much to Lachlan and Tara for sharing the details of their lives and the challenges that they face and what they're going through today and what they've been through. You can check out more of their story on Instagram at Rewilding Parenthood. I know Lachlan's got a ton of content on Clean Line Productions, his video production company. And we'll put some links over to their handles so you can check out a little bit more of their lifestyle. And if you have any questions, please hit us up over there. The links are both in the show notes and on Instagram. You can see these in the highlight reel under podcast. Rewilding Parenthood was produced by Afuera Vida, sound and editing by Mercedes Riva, and music by Tomas Tyrell. Tune in this time next week for our next guest. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Please share with a friend, share on social. We'd love your support and really love being able to put this podcast out there. Thanks for tuning in. See you all next week.